Oh my goodness gracious. Hello, every person listening. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Each week we talk about things like urban legends, um, f- haunted footballs, cryptozoology, kicking a field goal, but then inside the field goal thing is a portal to heck. I guess the scary things that happen at the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Well, that's coincidental. I wasn't even talking about that. Um, the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> In general. Yeah. I mean, we- well, now, now that you mention it, yeah, I'll talk about it. We talk about a little of everything, anything spooky adjacent. Every single week since the beginning of time, we started this podcast when we were both two years old each. Lindsay will go to a burger. Nope. Lindsay will go somewhere and I will go another place. And then we reconvene inside of our home and next to our lava lamp that we discussed a while ago. And we talk about what we've researched for the very first time on our show with each and every one of you. And this week, you do one, I do one. What's who's this? Who's this show for? Um, for Kimmy. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and I will say Jimmy. Oh, Kimmy and Jimmy. <laughs> so I wonder if there is a Kimmy and Jimmy out there. Maybe. Wait, wasn't that? Uh, nope. I was gonna say though that was the relationship from the office, but that was Jim and Pam, not Kim and Jim. Yeah, that's not Kim and Jim. Kim and Jim. Kimmy and Jimmy. Kimothy and James. And their dog, Kimothy. Brimmy. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I am I am Jim. This is Kim. This is our dog, Brim. Well, last <laughs> week, I think we talked about, well, I did famous last words of death row inmates. Yeah, there was a one guy who said, hey, if I might really quick, can I hear my own blood when it comes out of my body after you cut my head off? Or Yeah, that was Peter. Yeah. Peter, Peter, Peter was serious. Yes, and some would also say he was serial murdering people. And we found out, turns out, that uh, a lot of people like to quote movies yeah. or songs. And then uh, Wernos. What's your first name? Elaine? Eileen. I- Eileen Wernos, yeah, quoted the movie Independence Day right before she died. Kind of, sort of, in a roundabout way. How uh, cool. Which is, yeah, wow, what a good one to <laughs> quote. Uh, and then I talked about... There was another Bigfoot sighting yeah, with your breaking booze. Yeah, from two sisters in Kansas. And not a lot goes on in Kansas, so maybe we can expect to see a little bit more from our friends in Kansas. And then I forget what else I talked about. Was it fears in our DNA? I think so. Maybe. Uh. (laughs) Either way, you and I also discussed what we would like to have in place of our fingers rather than fingers. Yeah. And that's, I mean... We we don't like to get too heated on the show, but we just felt like that was something that needed to be discussed. Yeah. You know? I'm Qu- sure everybody felt that way. I think so, too. Well, <laughs> Lindsay, before we get into today's... Well, I guess we're already in today's show. But right. before we get into our extremely haunted stuff, probably almost too scary, are you excited for the football time? Um, I'm not a footballer. Yeah. Well, me either. But... Can you, can you, in all seriousness, do you know the, the two teams that are playing, that are playing in the, um, the Super Bowl? No, I am a hundred percent serious. I don't know. And it's so funny that I don't know because of social media. 
Like they blast the Super Bowl and I have no idea. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny too, because like on social media, like you and I were looking for something to do today because we're recording this. uh, It is now 830 in the morning and we're looking for things to do today. And just by social media, we found out that, oh, there's yoga with dogs down the street. You can go knit hats for your for your nieces and nephews, there's all this random stuff that you never would expect to find online. Yeah. But we still don't know who's playing in the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not going to look. I don't want to know, I guess, no, anymore. I like the Saints were in it, but I don't think they're going. I think they're out. Okay, so now we're getting actually a, serious. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. The Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I think it's you know, the... I think we should just let it go because th- we're just not into football. I think it's the Truckaneers. Oh, uh, Yeah, okay. and their mascot, and their mascot is a Ford F-150. Cool. I don't know. I remember you said Maroon 5 was playing a halftime show or something. Yeah, I don't I... even know who's playing halftime. Usually that's the only thing I care about is the halftime show. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, is it going to be someone good? The last one I cared about was when Bruce Springsteen was doing the halftime show and he slid into the camera. With his crotch. Hey. <laughs> be- now let's Pretty funny, though. With his crotch. I mean, he is the boss. He is the boss. He can do whatever he wants. One thing I did want to mention really quick is that I do remember the very first Puppy Bowl. Our buddy Dana and I watched it in my dormitory when we were in undergrad. And it was we we stumbled across it. And now all of a sudden they have a budget of like four billion dollars. Oh, absolutely. Because you put dogs in a football setting. Yeah. Dogs in football. That's America. That is America. Now I'm 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 not trying to throw stones, but I think it's I think the puppy bowl is way more exciting and more captivating than it's cute. Oh, it's so cute. Well, anyways, should we get into some scary topics? Because I think it's about time. I think our knowledge of the Super Bowl is pretty scary. Yeah, because it's scary how much we don't know. And now that Lindsay is about to start talking about her topic, Molly walked over to me, and now I'm on Molly duty, scratching her boomer. That's her butt. So she doesn't bark. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Okay. So this week for topics, we always dabble in the dark web, but I'm going <laughs> to, I mean, not actually. No. We want to go on the dark web, but oh, we're too scared. I'm honestly, even thinking about it, like I'm afraid, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm already nervous about actually going on the dark web. Because it seems terrifying. And I'm afraid I'm going to get too like... I'm going to get too curious and accidentally click on the wrong thing. And it's like, thanks very much for your order of 10 poisonous birds. They're going to be sent directly to your <laughs> We're house. We're going to fly them straight to your house. <laughs> We're just setting them loose. And they, all, they Don't know Don't let them go. get you. Don't let them get you. They're very smart. Well, these are just some random little stories of people that did oh. surf on the deep web and some just weird stuff that they found. I This is honestly, and, this give me the heebie-jeebies. Well, and keep in mind, these are like the PG ones that oh. I found. Like there's a lot of bad ones. Like the first one I have, I don't want to go too much in detail, but there was a lot of stories of people finding recipes for human meat. Oh, no. Like accidentally, like not purposely searching for it, but like accidentally coming Wait, up on that. Hey, who's going to the dark web to find recipes for slow cooker buffalo chicken dip? <laughs> who's? And then all of a sudden they accidentally stumble across a recipe for slow cooker buffalo human dip. Well, no, I don't think they were going on there for recipes. They just, I mean, the dark web works and like when you go on tour, yeah. the program, like yeah. you kind of just fall into things. 
Yeah. Like, I, guess. I don't think they were like, oh, buffalo chicken dip, I better go on tour and uh, <laughs> see what they got. Because they probably got the best recipe since it's so secretive. Oh, well, yeah. Well, know, I, maybe they do have the best buffalo chicken dip recipe. Maybe we're missing the dark, out. The dark web. But yeah, these recipes just include, you know, how to capture, prepare, cook, and best techniques for the living or the dead. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, so the next story that I have is there was a guy and he was on tour which is the program you have to get on to get onto the dark web so tour is an acronym right it stands for the onion router yes and so it'll basically ping you all over the world so no one can actually find your ip address right yeah so you can do it completely anonymously and secretly yeah true but this guy was on the program and he was browsing the usuals, he said, which I didn't get to, to see what the usuals were. I mean, I don't know what you usually browse. Oh, uh, something bad, I bet. But he said he was browsing. He left because he was hungry and he went to a Five Guys down the street. Oh, no. He came back and he went back onto the dark web. And then he happened to find a picture of him eating at Five Guys just like an hour before. What? What the heck? He freaked out and he got off the dark web. Rightfully so. Oh my gosh. How creepy. First of all, you're at Five Guys, so you're probably embarrassed. That's exactly. By yourself. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I think I would be 40% terrified that someone took a photo of me where I was and 60% embarrassed that it was just me by myself at Five Guys. Like, what if you ordered like 13 milkshakes and you were just going it down? Exactly. Like, I I have a legitimate fear about eating in public by myself because I don't want anyone to like look at what I'm eating and be like, what a a dumpster, what a dumpster mouth. (laughs) So, yeah, I would not. That's very scary. Either way, whether you're at a you know michelin star restaurant or five guys like that's creepy i i left to get some quick lunch at the french laundry and then i came back home to see a picture of me from the french laundry <laughs> then you'd be kind of cool i think you know what hey that's actually you yeah. got in the french laundry you're pretty cool okay so this person um was surfing the dark web i mean is it surfing i think it has we you, you and surf i the web but like the dark web maybe it's like creeping you're creeping the dark I web. I think well, okay. So surfing is like you're 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 skimming the actual surface, right? And this is since you're down there, you're like uh, digging. You're dig digging in the deep web, but it, like you're under spelunking. You're Mariana trenching, trenching, trenching the trenching the the trenching the, the the deep web. The deep web is that okay? Sure. Okay. Well, this person was uh, trenching the deep web. I love this, and they posted a comment on a video. Oh, good. Um, and then they got, they went back to that page to see that video later and if anybody had commented back. So he assumed that someone was going to comment back, but he did not assume that someone was going to comment back and say, Mr. and inserted his last name. He said he does not have a common last name and he has not been on the internet since. Man, the amount, the amount so they obviously knew his last name. This is why I will never go on the deep web, at least from one of our computers in our home. Well, yeah, that's why you have to get a friend that is willing to be <laughs> dumb enough to go on there for you. We've tried to convince some of our friends to let us come to their house and have a deep web party. Before. And no one will do it. And you know what? 
rightfully so. But also <laughs> selfishly, just let us come let's over to your house and let's just go to the deep web. You know. Or let's just go to a Best Buy. We'll all put our money in and get a burner laptop, get like a cheap Acer, go somewhere in the like the somewhere in the desert, get a cool wireless router. <laughs> or is that how it works? I don't get know. a really long extension cord, but be in the middle of the desert. And then if someone posts a picture of party. us trenching in the desert, which is the name of my book of poetry that I made, trenching in the desert, yeah, uh, then we know then it's real and scary. I would be curious to go on because your curiosity always like <sighs> wants you to do it. But like a lot of times, I'm like, you know what? Whether it's real or fake on the deep web, I don't know if I really or the dark web. I don't really know if I wanna no go down that path. No, no thanks. And you like, and I there like are things you can you cannot unsee. Yeah, there are things you can't unsee. You can't unread. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Okay, so this person, they were on the deep web or on the dark web, and they were browsing on Tor. They paraded themselves over to a hidden wiki at the bottom right hand of their screen, and there was just a button that said random. So they clicked it a few times, Why? and there was a web page that took a little bit longer to load. Um, I guess on tour, things can take a while to load. It can be a little putsy, probably because there's like all this weird stuff going on. I don't I'm, know. I don't know. I'm just going to say it's putsy, just, and that just makes it creepier. Because a lot of these stories, they said like, you know, even by tour standards, like meaning <laughs> that it's putsy, I guess. Yeah. When the screen finally loaded in giant black letters on my screen, it, screen, it just said, you better start running. Come on, come on. No, 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 no. So this person said two out of ten would not browse again. Yeah, no Not 100%, but, you know. But that one is like, that's creepy, but that's easily fakeable, I think. I think so. Pushing a random button and getting a message like that, like. Yeah, and like, there there are a lot of internet type people, I guess, that know, that are good at creeping people out. And I think in general, like it's the whole haunted house syndrome. Like you, you go into a haunted house and any noise is terrifying. Right. You go on the deep web. If you're trenching, trenching in the deep, then, uh, or trenching in the dark, anything's going to be scary. Even checking your email. If you were to check your email while you were trenching is going to be scary it's gonna be scary yeah so everything might have like an unpaid electric bill in there or something Ugh, and, and i hate like that. oh man and i hate that so this one this person it was their third time ever on the dark web um they were just putzing around sites brave enough to go three times <laughs> they uh found a guy's homepage and a sidebar link that just said for journalists and people new to the deep web okay. or the dark web they clicked on it just out of curiosity, and a page started to open, and a picture started to load. She, they said, "Thank God for my slow internet because it all it started loading was the top, which was Ugh. a head of an old, sickly-looking man with blood on his chin." I quickly closed the tab, and before the rest of the image could load. Congratulations for being on the X button. So they said to this day, I wonder what the whole picture was, but at the same time, probably thankful they didn't see it. 
what if what if it was just something kind of innocuous and something kind of nice? It was just what an older it, man eating strawberry yeah, ice cream. Yeah, I was going to say, what if it wasn't blood? What if it was just like he had ketchup on his face? Yeah. He uh, he, he was, was in a hot dog eating contest. He was also with a five guys and he had all these French fries and he was like, <laughs> never tried French fries before this day. Loving it. And Hashtag. it loads and like there's all his friends sitting at the table and they're all like eating French fries and he was just making a, a funny face. Yeah, see, now that would be something nice. <laughs> but she'll never know. We, you and I, and I'm going to trademark this right now, you and I need to create, I guess, the opposite of the dark web. I don't want to call it the light web. I don't know, something cuter. You Maybe like the like corgi mm. web or something where everything on there is just impossibly cute and adorable and like shiny and sparkly and it's like i don't know just like all this really nice stuff the fluffy the fluffy web i love fluffy web just gonna go on fluff well, uh, so one, eh. to me that one sounds weird well we'll workshop it okay so this one was for a job posting on oh, the dark web don't do that the credentials were for to be an rn an experienced rn yeah and have combat experience they what? were offering two hundred and fifty five thousand dollars for six months what? and you had to be out of commission to the world and you had to live abroad a ship. Wait, you you had to be out of commission to the world, meaning your identity yeah. totally erased. Like and you, you just had, have to disappear for six months. And you have to live on a ship. And you have to live on a ship. And the contact info was a P.O. box in Washington, D.C. Oh, that's terrifying, huh? Yeah. So you had to be an RN and have combat experience. That's really scary. Yeah, because it's like, is this a governmental thing? Like, Oh, for sure. Well, I was going to say for or sure. Or is it like an extremist group? Or The fact that you would need to, at least from what I'm gathering, erase your identity before you go so no one can find you. Or they erase it for you when you're on the ship. You know what this is? A bunch what? of rats, a bunch of rats figured out how to use the internet <laughs> and they're getting you on their rat ship oh. because they need on rat boat. They need rat yeah, they they need a rat. Uh and RN does not mean registered nurse. It means rat nurse. <laughs> they're like Rathio. Learn how to use the dark web and we'll get people to come out to rat boat. We'll say we're gonna give them two hundred and fifty five thousand dollars, but really we just want to eat them. Yeah. They would but just they chomp would, on they you. have combat experience, though. Or maybe they just want a human to fight with them. Maybe they need a human to help to train them how to fight. And then you get to be the lucky person who's not only the, the, the RRN, the registered rat nurse on Rat Boat, but you get to teach all those rats how to, how to excel in hand-to-hand combat. Um, for any listeners that just uh, started listening to us today and don't know what Rat Boat is, it's a scary boat that is infested with diseased rats that's floating around right now. And they can't sink it because they're afraid that they're going to kill marine animals. And they can't really do anything with it. So there's just an infested rat boat, which we call the SS Rat Boat. Yeah. It's just floating around being nasty and gross. Yeah. In one of the bodies of water. I forget which one. Yeah, I forget. They found it in California. Oh, so then so it's, it's over in Pacific. In the, yeah, the uh, Pacific. Right uh, now. Well, who knows where it is now? <laughs> who knows these days? <laughs> okay. Lake so Erie. The last one I have is it jumped to the lakes, the five lakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a Rap wave. Out. There was a wave and it pushed it into the lakes from the that, Pacific Ocean. That Lake Erie tsunami just pushed it right <laughs> into the lakes. 
Okay, so the last one I have is kind of funny, I think. Um, this person found a radio station on tour that was just people talking to each other thinking they were wizards. And What? <laughs> this person is more sad that ever since he's been to this radio station, he cannot find it again. Wait, what did you just say? I guess there's a radio station where people communicate with each other that think they are legitimate wizards. I want to find this today, sometime. <laughs> well, we have to go on the dark web, which is, you know, mm. I don't know if I'm willing to take that chance to find these wizards. No. Maybe they're real wizards. How I many, don't know. How many times you ever said that in your life? <laughs> I don't know if I'm willing to take that chance to find these wizards. <laughs> A bunch? Um, not often. Now, you and I did just start playing Diablo 3, and I feel like we might have heard that sentence uh, spoken in the game. Maybe yeah. 4,000 times. We've only played it for like a half hour total. You've been playing it. I don't think I've really paid attention one time. Well, I guess if like when we're on the couch together, I like to say we, you know, <laughs> because I know I've been playing it. And uh, yeah, I, I have found the the three shards to the sword or whatever, whatever is going on. But I feel like we're experiencing it together. You know what I mean? Well, those are just some of my short little dark web stories that people have told and those are the pg ones i mean there is some crazy stuff that happens on the dark web now if those are the pg ones i wonder what the g ones are i don't know maybe wizard radio wizard radios to me seems <laughs> like a g-rated thing do you think they like yell at each other if they swear hey easy we're swear. trying to protect the sword <laughs> maybe <laughs> no cursing well because curse words are you know lead to cursing and then we can course curse the sword i know we're on the dark web daniel but come on hey easy with the s word shucks and the and the a word a bomb algorithm algorithm <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty good uh if you could start a dark web shop Lindsay marie a shop like i sell things well yeah that's that's the avenue i'm taking this if you mm. were no, if you could have a presence on the dark web, what would your presence be? It doesn't. It, I guess it doesn't need to be a shop. I kind of, I kind of boxed you in a little bit unnecessarily, and that's my fault. I mean, if I were gonna have like, if I was selling goods, I think maybe I would have like a bakery, mm. but like it really would just be simple sugary treats. But like I would put cryptic things saying like, is it human oh. or is it strawberry? That's pretty cool. But it would always just be, you know, sugar. But you would just creep people out having them think that it might be... Human butter. Ew. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Human. Human fat butter. Human sugar. Or I would just not sell anything because I wouldn't want to deal with that. Oh, just collect their money? No, I just like, oh. I would just make a presence by like just putting uh, cryptic weird stuff. But it wouldn't necessarily be like gory or anything. It would just like I would comment on people's stuff that would just be like, wait, how did she know that? So that would then that would imply that you needed to like be good at hacking a little bit or be good at finding info out. Yeah, which I'm not. Or so. would you just like throw information like, oh, what a good point you made, Mr. McGillicuddy. And they were like, McGillicuddy, who's that? Name. Like, well, oh, let me try another last name, Mr. Is it? Oh, isn't it though? Look at your lineage. 23 and <laughs> me. Is that isn't 23 and me the like genie the like gene stuff where they like you spit in a cup and you send it off and they find your like I don't lineage? Know. I feel like that's dark web stuff. You know what? I mean the whole act of like spitting in a vial and sending it off like, is where's like Where's your DNA going? Come on. Uh probably to someone who 
who owns and operates multiple dark web shops. I don't need to find out if I'm like 10% Italian. No. Like, I'm okay with that. Do you think you are? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. But if, yeah. If, if I had a dark web shop, I would sell, I would sell bootleg... Because we've been, I don't know, I've just been on, I've been on a Slobby Robbie kick. I would sell bootleg Gucci shoes, but for dogs for when it's cold outside. Oh, okay. I think that would be cool. Yeah. I don't know if you'd get a lot of business, but. Well, I think you'd be surprised at how much business I would get. I think I you could get. just sell that normally and not on the dark web. Yeah, but if you have it on the dark web, it's just like, it's cool. And then maybe oh. you can like build like a, a mystique or a uh, reputation for yourself. I feel like if you sell something on the dark web, wouldn't, because you have to ship it somewhere. Yes. So like, think about all the creepy people that you're shipping it to. Yeah. Well, and also think about like, if you're, because there, there are ways to buy extremely illegal things on the dark web. Yeah. How does it get to your house? Just in the mail straight up? I guess a P.O. box or something. But it still has to be shipped, you know, like. How yeah, are they but just if you like, ship it to a P.O. box like in a town over, like they have no idea. But I, I guess all I'm saying is like it still has to go through the hands of a government employee. Well, I guess if you're doing USPS and then like, yeah. can you just like ship, I don't know, human bones, no problem. Just ship them around and like they won't even look so. at them. That's bizarre. I don't know. I don't know either. Weird. Well, Lindsay, would you like to do some haunted housekeeping with me? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we are going to dust off all of our human bones that we have and our baked goods that are just normal baked goods in the in the haunted housekeeping zone with each of you. Join us, please. We'll see each and every one of you there in three, two, one. Our show is brought to each and every one of you by our friends over at VidiSpace. VidiSpace is an online spooky streaming service started by our friends Nick Groff and Elizabeth Saint, and it's the home to all sorts of spooky stuff. Yeah, you can find anything from paranormal to cryptozoology to... I don't know, the new Bigfoot documentary that's coming out. Yeah, 100%. The Small Town Monsters series started by Seth Breedlove. They're always releasing stuff on there. The Bray Road Beast, Chestnut Ridge things. There's going to be a new uh, cryptid movie or cryptid documentary about the Momo, which I'm excited about because the Momo is also a dumpling, but this is not the dumpling. <laughs> you can go to vidi.space on your computer and start browsing today for 15 days free or... You you can download the VidiSpace app on your iPhone or Android cellular phone. And I guess there's also now a VidiSpace app on the Amazon Prime video thingy and the Roku thingy. Yes. Which is excellent. So go to vidi.space on your computer or check out the VidiSpace apps wherever you find your apps and start browsing, start streaming and screaming for 15 days for free. Take a look. Go check it out. We are also proud members of the Scavengers Network podcasting network of family, friends, family, and fun buddies that podcast. The Scavengers Network is run by our beautiful boss baby, Colin M. Parker, and we just 
brought on two exciting new shows, I Dunno Radio and Insanely Haunted. So if you'd like to check out those shows, you can go to thescavengersnetwork.com or check out the Scavengers Network on any form of social media that you'd like and start checking out some other fun little podcasts that we have on the network. Welcome back, everybody. Linz, welcome back to you as well. Thanks. I've actually been here the whole time. What do you mean? Like sitting with you. Oh, and Molly's here as well. Yeah, she's being sad. (laughs) She's usually sad. Well, Lindsay, I do have a little bit of breaking booze for you today. Okay. Well, I guess it's for everybody, but I also have it just for you. Okay. I want to make it clear, though, that this uh, is not for Molly today. Okay. Because she's being a pain in the butt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's just a little... It's snowy out. It's cold. She hasn't been out and about. Yes, true. She's been having snow days from work, so she's just a little ornery. (laughs) Yeah, and we we do say that Molly does go to work, and that means that she sits on our front little porch and just stares at the road Yeah. and protects our house, which she thinks she's protecting it, but there's really nothing to protect it from. Yeah, but she feels... She, that's her fulfillment. She feels good about it, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you think she does? Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. She's very proud. Yeah, whenever she barks and we tell her not to bark, then she's like, she smiles really big. Did you see what I did? And it's, we get it, Molly. Okay, well, we have a cryptid sighting in Tennessee. Okay. But this... These cryptids have been like creeping up everywhere. These cryptids... These cryptids... These cryptids <laughs> are creeping up everywhere. These cryptids are creeping and crawling, Carol. Uh, <laughs> this is a cryptid, though, that we... I don't think that we've discussed this cryptid if this was an accurate sighting okay. of this cryptid. It took place in Clarksville, Tennessee. Okay. Now, I don't know where that is, but I do know that it is in Tennessee. Oh, it says right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's in northern Tennessee. And this happened just this past Thursday. So this is a recent deal here. Okay. This is what, like two or three days ago? 48-year-old Eric Snyder. So he's loud and proud, which I think validates it a little bit more. Said he was walking in his kitchen at 5.30 a.m. And he encountered the being. Now, in his kitchen? Uh, I think it was outside. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was outside. I just, I just read a little bit farther down. Now, I did collect the notes and I do have bullets, but I... <laughs> I forgot. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. One thing I want to know is what was he doing in his kitchen at 5.30 a.m.? That seems... Maybe waking up for work. You know what? Maybe waking up for work. He's probably like, I got to get to work. <laughs> it's 5.30 a.m. Yeah, I guess this like raised a red flag, but like... Ho- hopefully there's no cryptids in there. <laughs> right in my kitchen. In my kitchen. This did raise a red flag, but I guess, you know, you and I are usually up pretty early anyway, so it's... Yeah, we were up at 6.30 today. Yeah, and it's Sunday. Yeah. Without an alarm. Yeah. We're just up. So what are we doing up? Okay, so Eric has a quote. Quote, I noticed through my bay window, about 25 feet outside, there was a solid black creature. Okay. It turned to look back at me, and within a millisecond, it was gone. So he saw a black creature outside his window, and then it was gone. Bloop, gone. So what makes him think it's a cryptid? Why couldn't it be a spirit? I feel like that would be more of a ghost than... Well... Like an apparition than a cryptid. I mean, it could be. I don't really know. All I know is he said he saw it, and then it was, and then it said, "See you later." Okay. I don't know. I like, and I also don't know if it just vanished or if it ran away. He just said it was gone. And it was dark. And it was dark. Thirty. So, like, it could have been a, a deer. 
could have been a deer. I mean, you're in Tennessee too, so it's like you have a lot of animals that it could have been. Yeah, plenty of them. Yeah, deer, uh, a bear, your neighbor's dog, your neighbor's dog, your, your neighbor's na- dog's dog. Okay, now that's adorable. <laughs> if your dog has a pet dog, I wish Molly had a pet dog. She would just beat it up. I think she would just beat it up all the time. And no, she doesn't like to beat him up. She just likes to play. She's a roughhouser. She's a she likes to cause a ruckus. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She is a ruckus pup. We can't take her to the dog park anymore because she beats up all the little dogs. I think one of the last times we took her to a dog park is there was a corgi there and she just kept wanting to play and chase the corgi and kept ro- got- <laughs> kept rolling around. She kept knocking over. It was doing. Well, like- she ran at it and it got caught under Molly's legs and it just kept rolling the corgi around. <laughs> and then there was a. Uh, the the corgi's owners were like hey 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 <laughs> so we're like oh oops sorry gotta hit the road here so molly's kind of a rebel she is a rebel but it's funny because like she doesn't want to like hurt him she just plays rough she's just a little intense she is i like how the last half of our show has turned into us talking about our dog <laughs> <laughs> almost nonstop. Anyways. Um, well, either way, Eric Snyder said that this thing was just gone in a millisecond. Now, I also think okay. using the word millisecond implies that it just kind of went bloop. It blew. Disappeared. Yeah. It, Which makes me think it was more of an apparition, if anything, than a cryptid. Well, Eric said that the creature was uh, about seven to nine foot tall. Okay. It had pointy ears mm-hmm. and a big hump on its back. Which to me... You got that all in a millisecond? Well, I guess he's very good at looking at shadows. Maybe, Shadowy figures. Maybe that's his career that he was up at 534. Uh, um, sh- I'm shadow- a shadow decipherer. <laughs> <laughs> now, I understand that the name is difficult to say, but I am a shadow decipherer. Uh, thank that's you very a shadow much. of a computer. That's a shadow <laughs> of a coffee machine. And that is a shadow of a cryptid. Do you want to see my shadow puppets? So it's a little bit of shadow decipherer <laughs> humor that we, that we like to use. So he did not say that this thing was like particularly big and I also like how I just talked right through how I slaughtered the word particularly. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't say it was particularly uh, big and buff like a Sasquatch or anything. Okay. And also the hump on the back and the pointy ears doesn't necessarily seem evocative of a Bigfoot. Right. You really don't hear those descriptors at all. And then people say like, oh, it was like it was like a big, buff, beautiful thing. Okay. Right? I don't know. But I guess two years ago in Tennessee, multiple people uh, have claimed to see a similar looking figure. Now, they said it was on all fours, but it stood up on its hind legs and was about seven to nine foot tall and then took off as well. But it was all black, but it had a face much more akin to a human being Hmm. than it did like... So they don't know what kind of cryptid this is. They just are seeing this silhouette. Well, there is a name for this cryptid, I guess. I I did a little bit of digging, so I know that that... Oh, watch out. Yeah, watch out. (laughs) I opened up a new tab in Google and searched. Yeah. Now, I know that that's not necessarily par for the course for our show, but I did look into it a little bit more. So I'm sorry, but also you're welcome, I think. So this cryptid does have a name, and it's probably the most unclever name I've ever heard, but it's pretty literal. Uh, Hairy Human on Four Legs. Oh. Is the name of this is the name of this cryptid. You know, I don't mind it though because it just is straightly staying what it is. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's like it's not the you know this word which means in French <laughs> large man with big feet. Like yeah, it's just like it was a hairy human 
with and it four has legs. Four legs. Yeah, I guess names like the the Mothman is kind of descriptive. I I get that one, but like the Bray Road Beast, what even is it? The Flatwoods Monster. Okay, what am I looking for here? What's the monster of the Flatwoods. Exactly, but it but it doesn't yeah. tell you anything about what they look like. Right. I guess Tennessee is home to many reports of this four-footed human that walks on four legs. It's usually found in secluded places in the woods. Okay. That's it. It just uh, likes to do its own thing. Mm-hmm. There there were multiple sightings by a series of caves, I guess, in Tennessee. Mm. I don't know where those are, uh, which is par for the course for this show. But I just believe what I read. Okay. And I don't question it Interesting. <laughs> at all. So be on the lookout, any of our listeners in Tennessee. We know there are uh, a few of you. Be on the lookout for the hairy human with four legs. Yeah. Uh, And if you see it, take a photo and email it to us at SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. Or you can get to us on Twitter or Instagram, Spooky underscore Spouses. We on there. Yeah, send us anything you want. (laughs) Okay, Lindsay. This this topic for me is a little bit not common, I guess. What am I trying to say? Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Well, I've never brought in a topic like this before. Okay, so it's unusual for you. It's unusual for me, but it's not necessarily an unusual topic. It's strange and unusual. Kind of. Okay. Uh, So it's about a particular person. And since this person has some heat building up this year and is arguably a very important person in the monster slash horror world... Yeah. I thought it would be good fodder for our show to discuss him and also do a little bit of gushing about how much we love this person. Oh, yeah? Yes. Can you guess who it is? It's a human being. Ted Bundy. No. Although he's getting a lot of press right now. He is. And Zach Baggins just bought a pair of Ted Bundy's glasses. Yeah. If you watch Ghost Adventures, Zach Baggins on there. He just, he has a haunted museum, which we want to go see. Yep. Las Vegas. And he just bought his glasses, which it's like, I understand it's just an object, but like, I don't know, just the whole thing with the eyes and seeing through the eyes of a a serial killer. Like, that's crazy. I I don't know. It's a monster. It's a person. It's a person. It's a human being. I don't know. Yeah, and I guess that's like... There's a lot of people that <laughs> yeah. we love hate. <laughs> well, no, this this is a person that, that we love. It's Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah. He's mm-hmm. coming out with a Stories to Tell in the Dark movie. He is. And that's, you You showed me that picture. So we've discussed those books a few times. I think on a few earlier episodes, we've discussed those creepy, scary stories to tell in the dark. And like they were banned for a while because of the artwork. It was like really intense. Yeah, because they were targeted towards kids. And yeah. they were pretty. I mean, I could probably even read those stories now and be like, ooh, that gave me a little chilly willy. <laughs> <laughs> so you would be reading them by yourself. You wouldn't have said anything because you're by yourself for a few hours. But then out loud, you would say, ooh, that gave me a little chilly willy. Yeah. If you've never read those stories, <laughs> those are fun stories. They are. And they are legitimately creepy because they're fairly simple. And like, yeah. that's the mark of a good horror movie, a good horror story. Simplicity. Absolutely. Because then you, if, if you leave more to your imagination, then your mind can wander and you can create your own spooky little chilly willies. Right. That's why even though a lot of people like knock certain things like the Blair Witch and everything, I think they're creepy because I'm like, they didn't ever have to show the monster for you to be afraid of it. True that. Anyways. So I have some interesting facts about Guillermo del Toro that maybe many people won't know. Okay. So these are GDTFFs, Guillermo del Toro fun facts that I have. And I just made that up right now. That's a little bit of uh, off the cuff, 
um, abbreviating that I've done. Yes. Okay, so Guillermo del Toro's sincere love of monsters has been embedded in him since he was a young boy in Mexico. He's always loved monsters and the macabre, and like he's always had this this fascination with like mythical things and things that don't really exist. So much so that when he was growing up in Mexico, his grandma performed, well, her and I guess a priest or two, performed a real-life exorcism on him because his grandma was so worried about his fascination with monsters and stuff. Because he was a creepy kiddo. He was a little creepy kiddo, but his grandma was so worried that she performed a real-life exorcism on him and then didn't think it worked and then performed a real-life second exorcism on him when he was a kid. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's nice to have a thoughtful grandma, but maybe <laughs> a little bit paranoid of a grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she obviously didn't knock the spookies out of him. No, obviously not. Because he creates magnificent spookies now. He really does. I mean... I could go on and on and on about how much I love his vision and his creativity and all this stuff, especially when it comes to creating certain monsters. I mean, I think a lot of people, if you're going to know any monster that he's created is the Pale Man. Yeah. The Pale Man is terrifying, but in a, a great way. Yes, I agree. And we just saw a video this morning. We've we've also, we also used, this is like, I guess, just a gush fest. We also used to gush about Doug Jones in a few of our earlier episodes. Oh, we love Doug Jones. Mm-hmm. And, him and, and Doug loves dolphins. Doug loves dolphins. <laughs> Doug loves GDT. That's Guillermo del Toro. Yep. And uh, I think I, I have a small fact about Doug and uh, <laughs> Doug <laughs> about Doug and GDT in here as well. But yeah, there was a there there was a cool video of some behind the scenes stuff of Doug Jones as the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth speaking Spanish and yeah. in his outfit. Man, he's so cool. I lo- just want to be. I just want to be their friends. We just want to be your friend, Doug Jones, from the very be- I mean, a year ago when we started this. More than a year. Yeah. It's been, yeah, more than a year. Doug, if you're listening, I don't think you listen. Can but we that's be- okay, because you're busy. You're really busy, and you're we awesome. Get it. And like, you're busy doing Star Trek right now, but can we just please be your friend? If anyone we know <laughs> knows Doug Jones, we just want to be Doug Jones's friend for a long time. That's yeah. all. That's it. That's all. And if we could get Doug Jones on this show for even five minutes... Hey, I think that Lindsay and I would need to take a year off because we would just be so excited for an entire year. Probably. I don't understand. So anyways, more facts. More facts about GDT. Love you, Doug. One of Guillermo del Toro's first movies, can you guess what type of monster was in his movie? Now, I'll give you a hint. Mm. It grows underground and you eat it. An onion. Close. A potato. Oh, (laughs) It was about a potato that killed or that murdered and ate his family. Yeah, that's typical potato stuff. Yep. They uh, murdered or the the potato murdered uh, his mom and his siblings. And then after the potato ate his family, it wandered outside and got run over by a car. And then that was the end of the movie. Aww. But I think that's so funny. Some little, like a uh, an adolescent Guillermo del Toro making this like ravenous and murderous potato that just like, oh, it just got hit by a car. That's how the movie ends. Done. Because I can't figure out, because I can't figure out 
how to end this movie. Before making his first film, Guillermo del Toro spent 10 years as a special effects artist, which I didn't know, doing makeup and prosthetics yeah. and stuff. I could see that. I mean, because he's really good aesthetically with all that. Oh, yeah. Cool stuff. And I think his background being well-versed or having so much experience in special effects and specifically like movie makeup and stuff like that, I think helps him with his creative vision as well. And then he can work with people who they can collaborate better because there's nothing worse than like someone who thinks they know everything about or thinks. That, yeah, I said that right. I think thinks they know everything about movies and special effects and stuff and they like direct the team but they're like well we actually know a better way to do it i think that this lends itself well to his creative vision i guess sort of like being infectious with everybody else well i'm a sucker for like directors that you can tell aesthetically they and like artistically that they are very good at what they do like not only directing like i don't know i just i I, that's why i'm a sucker for wes anderson you can tell artistically he has these visions and like Guillermo del Toro like when he did what Crimson Peak yeah he had special custom patterns made to like the wallpapers the clothing like I don't know many directors that have that much say in their aesthetic I mean they hire people for that exactly the fact that they're so hands-on I just think that's so cool yeah like it's 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 one thing for someone uh, a writer director to have their hand in everything but like kind of half butting it but then but then there's there's also a lot to be said and a lot of respect that goes to a writer director or any creative individual who has their hands in certain things but cares so much about every aspect of their movie right yeah it's awesome uh but i also have a fact about crimson peak oh yeah Uh, well i guess i'll just say it now because you said it okay I i won't tease it not only so if you haven't seen crimson peak it's based off of beauty and the beast And uh, Guillermo del Toro, there there was all this hype that he created with some other people on his um, design team that they created the like pattern for the wallpaper and the clothes. I guess basically every single thing in that house was built custom for that movie. Nothing was repurposed, recycled, anything. The the furniture, the picture frames, the doorknobs, everything was created custom just for that movie. That's insane. And it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. If you've never seen it, it's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of his scarier movies, but it's definitely captivating. I mean, he got a lot of pushback on that movie because everybody is like, well, it wasn't scary. But like one of the first lines in that movie is, this is not a ghost story. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know what they were expecting. I also don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I guess a ghost story. (laughs) Hey, it's not a ghost story. It's a fairy tale. I mean, that's that's his thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, what was it? Brothers Grimm? Yeah, the Brothers Grimm had macabre fairy tales, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, speaking, uh, going back to talking about GDT and his 10 years as a special effects artist, he founded his own um, special effects company in Mexico called Necropia. Oh. Yeah, which I didn't know. I don't know if it still exists today. I would imagine it would, but I have no idea. Okay, so I didn't realize that gushing about GDT was gonna gonna be such a rich vein. Uh, I don't know why I didn't think that because we love him. He's really good buddies with Ron Perlman. Guillermo del Toro considers himself a book person first and foremost, and he said that there were two books that shaped his entire aesthetic or outlook as a kid. <laughs> One was the Encyclopedia of Health, so like Human Anatomy and all this mm, stuff, and then I the and then the Encyclopedia of Art. Yeah, which I see that. totally fitting, right? It's like right. oh. No, duh. 
Uh, again, good buddies with Ron Perlman. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> I love Ron Perlman. Their their first collaboration was in 1993 in Guillermo del Toro's first feature film called Kronos, which I've never seen. I don't believe I've seen it either. But in 93, on his first feature film, Fit Film, Perlman and GDT were buds, and they then they've remained buds for how many years is that? A lot of years. A lot of years, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to do the math because I don't know how to do it. Oh, so the movie Mimic, which I did not realize was a Guillermo del Toro movie until I was doing research about Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Do you know the movie Mimic? Yes. So if any of you don't know the movie Mimic, it's these weird bug creatures that live in the subway and mimic human beings, but it's like their weird exoskeleton. It's such a Guillermo del Toro movie. There's a young boy who plays these spoons that mimics their clicking and clacking and, commu- and can communicate with these big insects. Either way, during the filming of that movie, his Guillermo del Toro's real life father was captured and held ransom. Oh, for while- what? I, because people knew Guillermo del Toro. This was in Mexico. Oh. And they, and they captured his dad, held his dad hostage, and wanted a million bucks Yikes. to release his dad. But Guillermo del Toro didn't have a million dollars because he invested every penny that he had of his own money into the movie Mimic. But guess who Guess who came to the rescue? Ron and, Perlman. No, I wish. That Aww. would have been awesome. But I, I think this is equally as exciting. Guess who came to the rescue and saved Guillermo del Toro's dad? James Cameron. Oh. Isn't that, isn't that so excellent? So he was like done, you know, fishing around in the ocean. And <laughs> yeah, he's he like, was, oh, I'll help you out, buddy. I have time to spare. I'm not, I'm not in the Mariana Trench. I'll give you $1 million. <laughs> I guess a million bucks to James Cameron is like, he's probably, I don't know, accidentally flushed a million dollars before. Yeah. He has so much money. He had to take one of his arms off of his specially custom submarines that can dive <laughs> in the Mariana Trench. Yeah. Yeah. I guess oh, I could, darn. I guess I could part with one of my custom made deep water suits that I have that also <laughs> makes me macchiato. Wow. Out of out of the armpit. One thing about uh, Guillermo del Toro's movie universe, I guess, considering or not considering, according—that's the word—according to GDT, the movies uh, *Pan's Labyrinth* and *The Devil's Backbone* are companion pieces. They're supposed to be, or they 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 can be watched essentially side by side. Oh. And he said that they're extremely symmetrical and they are reflections of one another. Hmm. Man, I love him. I love him so much. You're just fanboying out. I really am. <laughs> um, so speaking of Pan's Labyrinth, I kind of said Pond's Labyrinth, but speaking of Pan's Labyrinth, that's like Pawn Stars, but Pawn Stars. Yeah, it's, it's like Chumley mac- is Chumley's <laughs> the 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 fawn, and the evil guy is oh, the man. the dad who runs the the pawn. You can watch that show and uh, Pan's Labyrinth side by side, and yeah. they'll be yeah. symmetrical too. Yeah, you can watch any episode of Pawn Stars and Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> But I guess that the inspiration for Pan's Labyrinth came from these lucid dreams that GDT had when he was a kid. And he said that he would have this dream where he would get out of his bed and walk around. And in their living room where he was growing up in Mexico, they had a grandfather clock. And he said that there was a fawn, the big character, also played by Doug Jones, that would always peek out from behind the grandfather clock. 
and like try like look at Guillermo del Toro. I don't know if he, like they they talked or whatever, but I guess that's where the inspiration for that character came from. Huh. From actual dreams he had when he was a kid. Doug Jones is in six of his features, and Doug Jones is the best. Uh, <laughs> Doug Jones used to be a mime growing up. Um, huh. That's uh, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, right. Or and a contortionist. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Who knew? How how weird. One another reason why Doug Jones is the best is because when Doug Jones was going to play the fawn in Pan's Labyrinth uh, and the pale man, Doug Jones did not speak Spanish. So Doug Jones was taking super immersive and heavy-duty Spanish classes to learn how to speak fluent Spanish. Perfect diction, perfect uh, pacing, perfect verbiage. And he learned all the lines and just how to communicate back and forth in Spanish casually. But they did end up uh, overdubbing <laughs> Doug Jones's lines in the movie because they didn't think that Doug Jones had a good enough voice for each character. Oh. But he did go through it and he learned everything in Well, now in he Spanish. has that skill. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, why not? I already talked about how every piece of the set in Crimson Peak was custom made. He does have, Guillermo del Toro does have a second house. I think it's in LA called the Bleak House, which is a museum, a living museum that he owns right. where it's like a bunch of insanely rare horror movie props and pieces from sets like all this insane horror, horror-based art, props from his own movies, a gigantic like six-foot Frankenstein head. And he'll he uses that as sort of a home base for all these things, but certain museums will get pieces from his house from the the Bleak House on loan and have Guillermo del Toro art exhibits, and you can like look at all this cool horror movie paraphernalia and Well, we even got to see some of them in Seattle when we were at the EMP Museum as well. Oh, that's right, for our honeymoon. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I forgot about that. Man, we're super fans, I think. <laughs> and then a fantastic future ahead. Uh, one of Guillermo del Toro's most intriguing future projects is going to be a remake of the 1966 Fantastic Voyage, which mm. is the movie where a bunch of scientists shrink themselves down in a ship and they get ingested in that guy's body and they like fly around or swim around his bloodstream in their little submarine robot and try to kill the disease in the guy's body. Right. But I guess him and James Cameron are going to be working together on it a little bit. I think James Cameron's just going to be a consultant, essentially, or a producer. I don't know. But or just the, there in case his dad gets kidnapped yeah, again. He'll just be there with like a loose million bucks, just ready, <laughs> just kind of holding his ready hand. Ready to pay that ransom. Um, but in, but they're, they're going to be filming it in a way like James Cameron did with Avatar, where it's going to be this immersive 3D world. Yeah. So an immersive 3D world, but a Guillermo del Toro movie is something that I'm extremely excited for. Okay. So that's it. That's a lot about Guillermo del Toro. If 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 some of you aren't familiar with his movies, highly recommend every single one of his movies. Uh, at least everyone that we've seen. I well, love them all. Well, and he has the game coming out with Kojima. That's right. Death Stranding, which looks super weird and really cool. Yeah, I, I guess he was a little bit of a consultant on that game as well. I don't know much about his involvement, but Guillermo del Toro and uh, Kojima were set to release a collaboration game of a new Silent Hill, but then funding got pulled or something. But now they're releasing Death Stranding and sometime with in Norman 2019. Norman Reedus, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Well, that's all I have. Nice. Thanks, Lance. A little Guillermo del Toro on a Sunday. I know. Now morning. I want to watch. Now I want to watch his movies tonight. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe so.
Well, we would like to thank Eli Rexford Chambers for writing the music that you heard at the beginning, middle, and end of our show. You can find Eli on social media at Eli Who Does Music. Thanks, Eli. We'd also like to thank everybody over at the Scavengers Network. Our spooky buddies and our regular buddies, they're all great. Check them out. Yes, please do. And we would also like to thank each and every one of you for listening to our show, for helping spread the word, for any of you who have referred us to a friend or a family member or left us a review on iTunes or anything. Your support continues to be overwhelming. So thank you very much, everybody. Yeah, and you can find us on social media at spooky underscore spouses on Twitter or Instagram, or you can email us at spooky spousescast at gmail.com. Send us whatever you want. I don't care. I don't either. All right, fine. Send us your send us a receipt. <laughs> That's fine. Well, hey, until next week, have a spooky week. Have a crimson Thursday. Okay. Okay. <laughs> have a <laughs> Um, dark web Tuesday and Wednesday. And if you do go on the dark web, please be safe, but also tell us about it. Yeah, I'm not saying anybody should go on the dark web, but if you do, we want to know. Yeah, a lot, please. But don't do it. <laughs> but if you do, you know who to... Don't do it, but do it. Don't. But don't. But don't. do it. Do it, do it, don't. Do, do it. Okay, we'll see each and every one of you next Monday. Bye-bye. Bye. Pip, pippy, pip. One, two, three, I pip my pip. Hi, hi, hi. Here I am. I'm a person. Molly's a dog. We are people. Molly is not. But sometimes we make her wear people clothes. Like tights. (laughs) 